On the other hand, do you swallow your whistle at that point in the game, especially in a very lightly called game in the Super Bowl? What if it was a Hail Mary and there was jostling in the end zone? Would you call that? No, they wouldn't call that. They called this. Hey there, boys and girls. Welcome to another edition of the Business of Sports with Andrew Brandt. I'm your host, Andrew Brandt. My producer is Jack Connell, musical producer. The music you hear under me is Sam Brandt. My son, Boy Blue Tunes, is his name. has got a big hit out now by M-A-E-M-E-I called Scatterbrain. Check it out. Hope you're enjoying post-Super Bowl. Coming to you Monday afternoon, the day after the Super Bowl. 24 hours ago, the game hadn't started, and oh boy, what a game it was. We'll talk about that. We're presented, as always, by DraftKings, and hope you guys are on to the offseason in the NFL. Stay with me. I'll get you through it. Don't worry about it. We'll live without the games. There's other football out there, but the business of the offseason, the business of the NFL is going to be front and center now, so it's my time to shine, and I hope to do that with you on this podcast, which hopefully is unique. It informs, it entertains, it tells you things, it makes you smarter, in everything you do. We will start, as we always do, with the big news, and that is the game. The Super Bowl is over. Super Bowl 57 has ended. The Kansas City Chiefs are your Super Bowl champion. They go down as the champions of the 2022-23 year. Pat Mahomes is the MVP. Andy Reid is riding off now with two world championships. Okay, let's start. I was wrong. (laughs) Let's follow my sword right away. I need to do that. I was wrong. I thought the Eagles would roll here. I thought they would win, and I thought it wouldn't be close, as it was with their two previous playoff games. I know the Giants were totally overmatched, and I know the uh, 49ers didn't have quarterbacks because the Eagles knocked the quarterbacks out of the game. But I thought that the 49ers' defense was heads and tails above this Chiefs' defense. And, yes, the Eagles scored on long, time-consuming soul crushing usually drives that they had throughout the game and Kansas city responded. Uh, The chiefs responded. It was an amazing experience watching that game to see how every time both teams, every time both, both teams, uh, uh, this is applying to both teams. Every time someone scored on them, they just came back. It seemed to happen over and over again. Okay, some thoughts on the game itself. I went in saying, hey, the Eagles will win this game because they have a talent advantage at 19 of the 22 positions. And the three positions where they didn't have a talent advantage with Travis Kelsey, with Patrick Mahomes, and with Chris Jones, they would have to dominate. Well, they didn't dominate, but what happened when there were a couple huge plays that changed the game on defense and special teams. Without those, the Eagles probably do win by a healthy margin. One was a fumble by Jalen Hurts that led to a touchdown. Another was a punt return that went down to the five-yard line and he set up an easy score. These were not in the plan, obviously. When I'm talking about the Eagles moving the ball at will, when I'm talking about the offensive line being historic, when I'm talking about the ability of Jalen Hurts to extend drives 
the most foolproof play maybe in the history of the sport, the fourth and half a yard, fourth and one, third and half a yard, third and one, where Jalen Hurts gets under center. Everyone in the world knows what he's doing, and he still gets the yardage. It's amazing to me. So the Eagles have that ability. The Eagles' offense played well enough to win the game. Of course they did. 35 points and (laughs) had an ability to get more. I mean, this was, they could have gotten more, but for the penalty, which I'll get to in a second, this was an extraordinary performance by Jalen Hurts. Let's not take that away from him. I mean, 100-yard games from both receivers? Like a 60-yard game from Dallas Goddard? I mean, that's out there. Uh, If you put those stats together and you say the Eagles did this in the Super Bowl, you're like, yeah, they won by 30 points. 20 points, 10 points, whatever it is. But they didn't because of a couple things before we even get to Mahomes. Because of that punt return by Kadarius Toney and because of that fumble return by Bolton, Kadarius Toney, what did he do to the New York Giants? There's a team desperately lacking in playmakers, desperately lacking in dynamic players. And here's one, Kadarius Toney. They had him under contract for years. They had a cost control player who's cheap. And they let him go, trade him for a third and a six to Kansas City, where he can be a star. Now, I know Giants fans are like, well, he didn't like it. Yeah, of course he didn't like it there. But you don't just lose that asset. I mean, people don't understand the value of dynamic players at rookie contract levels. You know, we just saw it. Jalen Hurts, the most undervalued play in the NFL. The best, best value in the NFL by far this year. By far. <clears throat> Playing at a $40 million level for $2 million. Okay. I digress. Pat Mahomes was special. The legend grows. Everybody's talking about him. He is the man. He did it. Who knows what pharmaceuticals came into his ankle at halftime. But even with that. You have to tip your cap. It's an amazing experience. But again, stats-wise, this was not Mahomes. (laughs) Jalen Hurts way outperformed Mahomes stats-wise because he had the ball three times longer and because Mahomes didn't have the ball a lot and he was throwing short passes, especially when he gets set up at the five-yard line on the Tony return. So Mahomes is MVP, but he was not outplaying Jalen Hurts. Let's be clear about that. And when they had to have a drive, the Eagles, they went down and not only get the score, but they got the two points. Now, the Chiefs, in retrospect, probably should have gone for two when they got up seven to go up nine, but they went for one. They went up eight. Who knows what the Eagles would have done if they were up seven with the Eagles gone for two there, maybe try to win the game. I don't know. Anyway, here we are. Chiefs are champions, second time in four years. Andy Reid's legacy grows. Pat Mahomes' legacy grows. Uh, Let's just say this about the Chiefs. As long as they have that dynamic player, they're going to be there. People don't understand the value of a top quarterback, maybe as much as a superstar in the NBA, right? Superstar in the NBA, we just saw it last week. Kyrie dictated terms. Kevin Durant dictated terms. James Harden's dictated terms to ownership. Mahomes has not done that. Um, And Mahomes is dictating terms on the field. He is that kind of player. Now I have to talk about his contract. I'm sorry about this. But when we talk about Mahomes, the contract, come on. 
It's just not good. I've said this now for three years. He did it during the pandemic in 2020. It was advertised as this $45 million deal. It's not. It's $480 million total value over 12 years. What is that? That's um, $30 million? No, that's thirty. That's $40 million. Okay, so it's a $40 million a year value. But that's over 12 years. And his early money is really... I've talked about this before, what Pat Mahomes makes in his early years, he just finished three years on that contract, 2021, 22, he made $65 million, $65 million. You know, in the first three years of Carson Wentz and Jared Goff's extension, they made $90 million. You know, Ryan Tannehill's first three years, $95 million. Derek Carr, although we'll talk about that contract later, $100 million. Kyler Murray, $105 million. Russell Wilson, 110 million. These are the these are what these people are making in their first three years. Now, does Mahomes' money go up significantly? Well, not really. After four years, at this time next year, he'll be at 106 million on this contract. You know what Dak Prescott made over two years? Like almost 100 million. Like, what is going on here with Pat Mahomes' contract? And I know maybe the player, maybe the agent, they just wanted the big bang out there. He got $450 million, He got a half a billion dollars. And I know that's somehow how people operate. It gets in the media. It stings around. Never refuted. Sounds great. He's the most highest paid player at 45 a year. Well, it's just not a great contract. And I feel for Pat Mahomes from a financial point of view. If you just want to take a business point of view, I know he's happy. I know it's a great team. I know he's got Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, all that. But I continue to shake my head at the Pat Mahomes contract. 63 million over the last three years on the, on the extension. That's almost criminal compared to some of these other deals. You know who got 63 million over three years in the same year? Teddy Bridgewater with the Carolina Panthers. That's what that gets you. $21 million a year. Are you kidding me? Anyway, he's a star. The legend grows. And he win the game. Two other things about the game. One, the call at the end. It was restricted. James Bradbury restricted the receiver and said he did. Said he grabbed him. Said he grabbed his shirt. And there we have it. The player admits it. The question really is not whether technically it's a penalty or whether the player admitted a penalty or not. The question is this. Should it have been called in the context with which it is in? And this is a bigger discussion about spirit of the law versus letter of the law. Letter of the law, you call it. He restricted Juju Smith-Schuster. He restricted him from movement. He didn't allow him to get to his spot. That's a penalty. On the other hand, do you swallow your whistle at that point in the game, especially in a very lightly called game in the Super Bowl? What if it was a Hail Mary and there was jostling in the end zone? Would you call that? No, they wouldn't call that. They called this. Now, if you're a Chiefs fan, of course, they call it. It's technically the right call. I get it. James Bradbury admitted to it. If you're an Eagles fan, you don't make that call. If you're somewhere in between, you're like, well, wait a minute. What do they do at end of games? Don't they swallow their whistle? They do in the NBA, usually. If they don't, it's a big to-do. It didn't happen here. And listen, it happened. If it didn't happen... If it didn't happen, you know, they kick a field goal. 
Maybe the Eagles come down, kick a field goal. Maybe the Eagles come down and score. Maybe the Eagles don't do anything. We'll never know. We'll never know. But, of course, they run out the clock and they kick the field goal to win. Eagles never touch the ball after that. So that'll stick out a little bit more. What will stick out even more, again, I'm not trying to be negative, but the slipperiness of the field. Now they're sitting in the desert in the most important game of the year, the pinnacle event for the most profitable and popular sports league in history. And these guys are slip sliding away and they're changing cleats. And we're seeing pictures of these mounds of cleats hanging on the sideline. Like what's going on here. They're going cleatless, heavy cleats, spike cleats, whatever it's going to be because it's slick. And then the painted areas seem even slicker and it becomes a, if not the storyline of the game, what's going on with this field. We learn about an $800,000 field. The grass has grown meticulously. It's rolled in. It's beautiful. But they're slipping both sides. Then you have comments from Jordan Malad of the Eagles saying it's like playing on an ice rink. You have Hassan Reddick saying it was a terrible field. Yeah, I mean, it was true. Both sides, the competitive balance is not really affected, but integrity is. You want a field like that? Come on, the integrity of the game is affected when you have a field like that. So how do you deal with that? That's going to be a memory from this game. I mean, of course, the memories from the game are going to be these quick out passes that Mahomes to the receivers that went in motion and immediately turned around and went back. It'll be, I think, Jalen Hurts' extraordinary will, his stoic behavior after he made the fumble, his brilliant play. It'll be Mahomes responding from that ankle injury with whatever they shot him up with at halftime. And, of course, Rihanna and all that. But I just think this is a game that could have gone either way. I think the Eagles fans have zero to be frustrated with, right? That was a great team this year. And go in as the NFC favorites, rightly so, even if they lose a bunch of free agents. Because they're keeping, no, they're going to keep that nucleus together. They're going to have Hurts. They're going to have those two receivers. They're going to have Reddick. They're going to have Malata. We'll see about Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey, but they're going to have Darius Slay. I mean, all these players, maybe not Miles Sanders, but Gainwell and Scott. They'll be the favorite. Hertz will get a bunch of load of money. And, and again, that'll be another discussion for the podcast. What will he get? It's not so much to me what the amount he gets, whether it's the security, because that's what we're dealing with in these days of the Watson deal being out there. Okay. I was wrong. (laughs) I thought the Eagles would roll. I thought the Eagles would do what they started to do in the game, like start to impose their will with that offensive line, start to impose their will with that running game, and just keep at it, keep at it. The, The fumble changed things. Kudos to the offensive line of the Kansas City Chiefs. They were tired of hearing about from people like me how great the Eagles offensive line was, they did well. They are the unit to really pat your back. But again, the offense didn't play much for Kansas City. These long, long drives, you know, again, we heard about, well, the offense for the Chiefs in the second half was touchdown, 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 field goal. Well, that's great. That's only four drives. (laughs) I mean, four drives, right? Four drives in a half. That's low. I don't even know how many they had in the first half. At one point, it was 60 plays Eagles, 30 plays Chiefs. That doesn't seem like a game that the Chiefs win, but they did. It just shows you that 
Time of possession doesn't really matter much when you've got a dynamic offense. Time of possession matters a lot when you're talking about a bad team, right? Time if they ha- the Eagles have that time of possession against the Giants or lesser teams, they're going to win easily because these teams don't have dynamic players. They don't have ability to have a high octane offense get back. But when you have a high octane offense, it doesn't really matter time of possession. The Chiefs prove that. Okay, that's the game. <laughs> I want to get to some other issues. I want to talk about some quarterbacks. First, a word from Labatt. A lot of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, Super Bowl, friends. Bring it all together. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends. Live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Labatt Blue Light. Fun, food, golf, hockey, football, friends. It all goes together. Labatt Blue Light. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's get to Derek Carr. The Las Vegas Raiders decide they don't want him anymore. They don't know who their quarterback is going to be. Maybe they're they're angling for Aaron Rodgers, but they came into a situation six months ago where they extended Derek Carr. We had this conversation. I talked to his agent. Basically what it became was a free $5 million. In other words, $5 million more than he was going to make in 2022. And he got that. And then this extension that kicks in where it would be 40 million, 42 million guaranteed going forward, unless they cut him before February 15th. We're at February 13th, and it looks like today or tomorrow he will be released. Derek Carr will be put out into the market. Why? Because a trade is not going to be worked out. Because to make a trade, Derek Carr has to agree that, yeah, I'm going to go with this team. And yeah, you're going to get some, some things back. But Derek Carr has used his power here after not getting a great contract. In other words, allowing them to cut him after one year, it was supposed to be a multi-year extension. But he does have some power because he can say, yeah, I don't want to go there. Wherever you want to trade me, I'm not going. So they're not going to make a trade with you. So cut me. Now, when he says cut me, he has to be pretty certain, his agent and him, that he's going to make more than what's guaranteed. And I think that's $40 million. So I think $42 million maybe. It was like $34 million 2023 and another $7 million guaranteed in 2024. Now, whoever is interested, and we don't know how many teams, they will be some bidding. There'll be some bidding maybe among the Saints, maybe among the Jets, maybe another team, not the Raiders, obviously, but he thinks he can get a better deal. Or if he doesn't get a better deal, maybe he's just sticking it to the Raiders. Like, you want out of me? You're not getting anything back. Cut me, dude. So high stakes. We'll see who comes out ahead in this. Will he come out with more than $40 million guaranteed? Well, obviously, the Raiders aren't coming out of this with anything. No, no compensation. And they're going to have to cut. 
their longtime starting quarterback. That's how things move in this in this league. My sense is that Derek Carr's agent knows he's got a better deal than a trade. And the trade had to, as we talked about, had to be hush-hush for a month because the trading period doesn't start till March 15th. Well, Carr's like, no, we're not doing that. And he has the power to do that. So the Raiders will move on from Derek Carr. Derek Carr moves into an open market. The Saints, the Jets, whoever may be interested is probably waiting to see what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. So it may hold up for a while, but Derek Carr has a month head start on free agency. And again, this quarterback carousel will open now. What's going to happen with Carr? What's going to happen with Aaron? What's going to happen with Jimmy Garoppolo? What's going to happen with Geno Smith? Will he go back to Seattle? What's going to happen with Daniel Jones? Will he go to the New York Giants? At some point, we're going to run out of jobs because we also have a draft with three, four, some would say five first-round picks, quarterbacks that will have options. So again, the bad teams, the Houstons, the Carolinas, et cetera, they may not be looking for a Derek Carr, a Garoppolo, at Rodgers. They're looking to go in the draft. So soon you're going to have, we're going to run out of jobs here. And of course, it depends what Aaron's going to do. Quick word on Aaron. I don't know what he's going to do. I think this darkness retreat is really sort of Twitter and commentator catnip. Of course, people love that. People love criticizing things like that. Listen, I've been on a silent retreat. It's not a big deal. He's going to go and sit in the darkness and think about it. I don't know why he put it out there. Maybe he wants people playing on that. It's just, you know, it's just like giving people something to chew on with Aaron Rodgers. And I'm like, whatever. Okay. But. He's got to make a decision. Now, if he decides he wants to be traded, that's easy. I mean, it's not easy. Packers are going to take a $40 million hit. But I think in my mind, that's probably what the Packers want to do. The interesting thing to me is if he says, I want to go back to the Packers. Well, are they going to take him back? I mean, the reporting is that they will. But I'm like, really? Do they not want to move on? Because maybe this is exactly what happened in 2008. Brett Favre was told, let us know what you want to do. And I think he kind of felt like the Packers didn't want him. So he retired. But then he really didn't want to retire. If Aaron says, I want back in, they got to go to Jordan Love and say, hey, by the way, instead of sitting on the bench three long years, let's make it four long years. And maybe you'll get to play by your fifth year, the final year of your contract. If we extend it, otherwise you're a free agent. We got nothing out of the draft pick. So I don't know if the Packers want that. I mean, we'll know when he comes out of the darkness retreat, and I'm not making any pejorative statements about that like everyone seems to be. He sits in darkness. Why not? Some people use lists. Some people do different things. Okay, whatever. It's fine. (laughs) So if he's going to choose the Packers, that's where it gets interesting to me. And Jordan Love's got to say, well, what the hell am I doing here? But they don't want to trade Jordan Love. (laughs) I don't think. Packers trading a first-round pick that never played? Are you kidding me? I don't see that at all. So I think it doesn't get really – I mean, people think it's going to be interesting if he's traded. I think that's what we expect. It's going to be interesting if he's not traded, and the Packers have to sort of take him back where they've been talking to teams about trading him and say, hey, Jordan Love, thanks for being here. Can you sit another year? I'm like, if I'm Jordan Love, I'm like, what the hell? You know, come on. 
Come on. Okay. We will talk about another Packers quarterback who's been in the news, who I know a lot better than I even know Aaron because I was around him for 10 years. I'm going to get to that in a second. First, you got to hear from Indochino. These are casual clothes that fit so great. You know, when I wear these, it's like I can wear them to the office. I can wear them around. I can wear them out with my wife. I can wear them in different ways. Uh, They're just custom. They fit well. As you know, I'm kind of small and I'm into fitness. So not the easiest guy to fit, but they fit well. They let you design anything you want. You fine tune the details. You got lapels, you got linings, you got monograms, you got back and flaps, anything you want. They got suits starting at $4.99. They got fitted shirts at $89. Everything's bespoke without the premium price tag. You just set up your measurement profile on the website. You choose the fabric. You don't even leave the house. You book an appointment. You can go in if you want. They have style guides at these places. They have resources, style advice, professional, and make your dreams sit a reality. So when you're planning your wedding or anything like that, get a suit as unique as you with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com. That's I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Use the code BOS for Business of Sports, all caps, BOS. Get 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's Indochino.com, promo code BOS for business of sports. Indochino, casual, elegant comfort. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, let's talk about Brett Favre. When we last left the Brett Favre situation, he has been accused, and let me just say that, accused because there are no criminal charges filed, of diverting money that was intended for welfare recipients in the poorest state of Mississippi and using that towards a building of a facility for women's volleyball or volleyball at his alma mater of Southern Mississippi. That story came out. That story was in the news. <clears throat> Excuse me. That story was in the news for quite a while. And people have commented on it. And I have to give full disclosure. I know Brett Favre. I haven't talked to him in a long time, but I liked him. I thought he was funny. I thought he was a good teammate. I thought he was a guy's guy. And he brought an incredible stature to the Green Bay Packers. So everyone who's ever worked around Brett or Aaron owes a great deal of debt to him for basically elevating our profiles because he elevated the team around them so much. So I just get that in about Brett. Now, Pat McAfee, who I also like and know, and Shannon Sharp, who I don't know, made some comments about Favre. Favre is suing them in defamation. Defamation lawsuit against those two for slandering him, defaming him, talking about his situation uh, in stealing from poor people, however they phrased it. He's got an uphill battle. You know, Brett has an uphill battle in these defamation suits, which makes me wonder why he's really filing them. But listen, he believes that they've gone too far in bashing him. 
Um, he's filed three suits, actually, one against McAfee, one against Sharp, one against this Shad White, who's the Mississippi auditor. And he's he is seeking monetary compensation, um, injury to his character, his ability to generate income has supposedly been affected through radio TV. So it's interesting. Sharp is the brother of Sterling Sharp, who Brett threw to for many years. And of course, Pat McAfee with this great show on YouTube every day. Yeah, he's got an uphill battle. You know, here's the problem. He's a public figure. So as a public figure, you have to show actual malice. Has there been malice? That's going to be hard to prove. Um, You know, he has to show that McAfee and Sharp, excuse me, not only made false and hurtful statements, but did so with knowledge they were false, that they were reckless disregard for the truth. That's tough. That's tough. He also has to show this recklessness about their comments. And I think what they're going to do is say, okay, you want to get to this? We're going to go through discovery and what really happened and find out more. So I think what Favre is doing, I mean, again, I'm no lawyer. I'm no defamation lawyer. I'm a lawyer. But there's got to be a bigger purpose here. You know, I think what he's doing is trying to back these people off, trying to back off all the criticism about how he he's diverting welfare funds for his own personal use. <clears throat> because if he's doing that, that's bad, but he hasn't been charged. So he's trying to say, hey, listen, back off. Now, he may have invited a bigger fight because, again, people are going to man up and say, you come at me, I'm coming back at you harder. But... <clears throat> The attorney's got to know this is going nowhere, right? So if the attorney knows it's going nowhere, why is Favre doing this? Why is Brett doing this? Well, I just think he wants these, you know, people to back off and mainly use the word, which I've used in this segment here, allegedly. You know, just keep using allegedly. Don't use these things like, hey, Favre's tying the hands of poor people and stealing. Favre is diverting, taking away from the poor state. Instead of saying it so definitively, get into these people and say, hey, you want to say these things? That's up to you. I'm a public figure. But say allegedly. Maybe this is all about trying to insert that word in the public comments about what he did or didn't do. That's just my thought here. That's just my thought. Okay. We've talked about both Packer quarterbacks. We've talked about the Super Bowl. we talked about Derek Carr. I think we'll leave it there. And you see my voice kind of fading away. Hope you enjoyed this. If you're not getting the lose, <clears throat> if you're not getting the newsletter, it's going to be. <clears throat> excuse me. If you're not getting the newsletter, newsletter, please get it. Andrew-Brandt.com. Instagram Reels, Andrew Brandt two, Twitter Andrew Brandt, and of course, give the podcast a ranking if you would. Despite my hoarse voice, always appreciate the comments and share it with a friend if you would. <clears throat> thanks to producer Jack now Jack Connell. Thanks to my musical producer, Sam Brandt. Thanks to you for listening. I'll be back next week with a better voice on the business of sports with Andrew Brandt. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.